listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com. Like I said, today's scripture reading comes from Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. I hate interruptions. Uh, about a month ago, my brother and I went up to visit our folks in Chicago because my dad hasn't been in great health. Uh, we got back, and not many days after that, I started feeling a little bit like I was having a head cold. And uh, then by that next weekend, I wasn't in uh, physical shape to be able to preach uh, like we had planned on. So uh, obviously, that turned everything upside down. Uh, next Tuesday, though, I woke up feeling uh, weak and uh, fever and chills. I, I got out of bed to just walk across the room, and I could hardly even hold myself up. I was short of breath. I thought all of a sudden, man, maybe, maybe I'm having a heart attack. And, and I called uh, Amelia, my wife, for help, and she very lovingly came in and said, quit being so dramatic. You're not having a heart attack. Just call the doctor. <laughs> so... Uh, I did. He sent me to a clinic. They ran some tests and confirmed that I had coronavirus. So I spent most of the next week lying in bed, uh, coughing, uh, fever, chills, weak, and, and slowly getting better. And uh, thankfully, I'm all recovered now. No one else in our home got sick. But that was a huge interruption for us and for the church staff because I met Pastor Joey and others had to Uh, suddenly pick up my work and readjust preaching schedules and try and figure out how to do ministry when you can't even see people. Coronavirus has been an interruption for all of us, uh, and we hate interruptions because by their nature, interruption is an inconvenience, right? We, We have something that we're planning on doing and something else gets in the way. Uh, We have plans that suddenly get turned upside down by someone or something else. And we've all kind of experienced that in different ways over this last month or more. This should be a day of gathering together and celebrating as a community the good news of what God has done in Jesus and we're at home celebrating on our own. Kids, you've had interruptions to school and and not being able to see friends or visit with family. 
work has been turned upside down. Everything is interrupted. And we've been in this series in the last several weeks leading up to Easter, looking at how Jesus is interrupted and, and how he deals with it. And I don't know about you, but I've just been struck with the fact that Jesus never gets frustrated with interruptions. He, he never gets upset. Instead, we see that the interruption now becomes a new way for Jesus to engage with what God is doing and how God might show up in what's happening in our lives. C.S. Lewis wrote to a friend, the hard thing for us is to stop regarding difficult things, unpleasant things, as the interruptions to our real life, the, the life that we control. The truth is that our real life is the interruptions that God sends on a daily basis. And I think we kind of get that. Like there's some interruptions that we accept, okay? We're, we're driving down the road and we get interrupted by a police car or an ambulance and we recognize that that's okay because what they're doing is more important. We go to the doctor's office and a place we don't normally visit and we let someone cut us or jab us that's an interruption, but we accept it because something better is going to come out of it. And some interruptions we actually look forward to, right? I mean, vacation is a good interruption to our normal schedule of work and school. Christmas is an awesome interruption. We celebrate God coming into our world and, in, and into our lives. And today, what we're celebrating, Easter, is the best interruption of all. It's Jesus' victory, Jesus' interruption over death. And if Jesus can interrupt even death, that gives us hope in our interruption. So if you haven't already, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew 28 or uh, pull that up on your faith app. You know, I, I got this diagnosis of COVID-19 and the nurses and doctors were very clear to say, just so you understand, there is no treatment. There is no cure. Go home and take whatever medication makes you feel comfortable to deal with the symptoms. But there's no solution for it. I mean, that's a little scary, right? Because there are people my age and younger who don't survive the disease. And again, thankfully, I've, I've gotten better. But having gotten better now, I've realized that my having had this disease can make people fearful around me. Uh, we're all, most of us, wearing masks and, and washing with hand sanitizer uh, like that's going to save our lives because it actually might. We're afraid of being around people who've had the disease or being around people who've been around people who've had the disease or being around anyone. A cough or a sneeze now is a, a scary thing to us. Some of us are afraid of the direction that our country or the world is going. We're afraid of what the future holds, afraid of not getting to see someone that we love who's sick, afraid of not making it. We know the fear that maybe life is not going to return to normal, or maybe that life will return to normal and we won't have really learned anything from this experience. And death, death is the biggest, scariest thing of all. It's so big and it's so scary that most of the time we do our best to not think about it, 
and not even talk about it. But the good news is in this passage that's full of all kinds of fear that Jesus is bigger. Fear is our normal. There are big things, strong things, scary things that threaten us, but Jesus interrupts our fear. Look in that passage in verse 4. See, this angel, this awesome spiritual being shows up. And for fear of him, the guards tremble and become like dead men. They, they fall down, terrified and unable to do anything. But not the followers of Jesus. The angel says to the women, don't be afraid. And you look down in, in verse 10. The risen Jesus appears to these women and says, do not be afraid. Jesus is always interrupting life as we know it and telling us not to be afraid. He tells the disciples, don't be afraid of this storm that you think is going to overwhelm the boat and, and destroy you. Don't be afraid to Peter when, when you see me walking on water. Don't be afraid of what tomorrow brings. Don't be afraid of those who can only kill the body. In this world, Jesus says, you will have trouble, but take heart. Don't be afraid. I've overcome. I'm, I'm greater than the world. See, look at what that does in, in verse 8. The women departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. See, faith or, or courage, it doesn't mean that you're not afraid. It means that even though you're afraid, you keep on going anyway. Because seeing the risen Jesus gives us a joy that is greater than our fear. What is it that you're afraid of right now? See, if Jesus can interrupt death, what do I have to be afraid of? See the risen Jesus. He is bigger than our fear. He interrupts our fear to bring us into a joy that is greater. And there's a lot of things to be afraid of. Look back in, in verse 2. Uh, there was a great earthquake, Matthew tells us. Uh, a number of years ago, Amelia and I woke up in the middle of the night to uh, rumbling in the distance and the, the floor underneath us actually shaking. It, that was just the after tremors of an earthquake that had happened 40 or 50 miles away. But it was a reminder that we are not even in control of the, the ground that we stand on. The Gospels tell us, uh, the other writers, that the angel descends and this earthquake is connected to the stone being rolled away from the tomb. And John tells us that the angel asks Mary, why are you weeping? Now, that seems like kind of a ridiculous question, right? Why are you weeping? I mean, we could imagine Mary's response. Well, Jesus is dead. My friend, my healer, my rescuer, everything that was good, everything that I hoped in has died. Maybe some of you know what that's like. You've lost loved ones and you weren't able to be with them 
You weren't able to say, I love you, or goodbye, or even grieve like you would like to. Many of us are doing okay in this pandemic. We have shelter, we have food, we have family, we have resources, but we're still grieving. Kids, you've lost spring break and the end of school. Students, you've lost proms and and graduations, and you don't know when or if you're going to see your friends or teachers again, and sporting events and family trips have been canceled. And some of us are living alone, and we don't even know when we're going to feel a hug or a handshake from another person again. It's okay to be sad, because we've lost a lot in this. And before this pandemic is over, we may lose more. But Easter is the message through the risen Jesus that grief does not get the last word. Jesus interrupts our grief in a good way. You you see, the angel asks the women, why are you crying? And look in verse 6 back in Matthew's gospel. Did, Did you catch what the angel says? Jesus, whom you seek, was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just like he said, just as he promised. Jesus is alive. And that makes all the difference. Think about what you're grieving right now. God isn't telling us not to weep. It's normal to grieve. We need to grieve. Maybe we even need to name the things that we've lost. in in this pandemic, or in our lives recently. But the risen Jesus interrupts our grief to tell a bigger story, to help us see a, a better story, that grief does not get the last word today. Look again at what the angel says in verse six. Come and see the place where he lay, and then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And and then again, back in verse 10, the risen Jesus meets the women and he says, don't be afraid, go and tell my brothers that they will see me. I love the detail that Luke gives. He says, the disciples didn't believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Did you catch the detail here and in the other gospel accounts that the very first witnesses to Jesus' resurrection are women? I love that because Jesus values women and and he entrusts the message and the ministry of the gospel to women. And it's not just because uh, they're living in a a male-dominated society that the the disciples don't believe them. I mean, their, their disbelief makes sense, right? Dead people don't just rise. We saw Jesus crucified, dead, and buried. John, in fact, goes on to tell us that even after seeing the empty tomb, the disciples were gathered together, the doors locked for fear. Do you get this sense that it just sort of feels like there's nothing more to do? It's hopeless. All we can do is just hide and hunker down 
and hope that something changes. Think about that. Kids, you used to be free to go to school, to play with friends, to to go on trips to the grocery store with your folks and, and try and sneak sugary cereal into the cart. And the limitations that you feel are real, and, and it, it seems almost like hope itself is under quarantine. Parents, you know what that hopelessness can feel like. You've suddenly become homeschool teachers while you're also trying to get work done and, and manage your household in, in all this chaos and craziness. And, and there's no end in sight. Because even when school ends, uh, many camps and summer programs are, are put on hold. And you don't know what hope there is on things getting back to normal. Uh, many of you maybe are dealing with job loss or trying to figure out how do I care for aging parents when I can't even see them. We, we don't know when work or relationships or church is even going to get back to normal. There's no end in sight. And it, it, and it can feel like despair, like hopelessness is the natural, normal response. Do you see what makes the difference here? In verse 10, in Matthew 28, the women see Jesus. And, and, and in verse 9, they, they fall down at his feet and worship him. John goes on to tell us that Jesus appears to those disciples and stands among them and says, peace be with you. That's what makes the difference. That's what transforms them. They see Jesus because worship and despair can't live together. Nothing in the disciples' situation changed. Their reality wasn't any different. But seeing Jesus moved them from hopelessness. He interrupts our despair because he's alive. And if he's alive, then anything is possible. And when we see him, we remember that there is real hope in the middle of everything that we're going through. Right now, we're living in frustrating circumstances. Things are difficult. Things are discouraging. But it's not hopeless. It's not endless. Despair doesn't get the last word. Hope and worship do. God wants you to see him, to find hope and to worship in this season because of Jesus. Jesus is alive. He has interrupted death. And that means he interrupts our fear and our grief and our despair because he is bigger. Look at this last word jumping just a little bit ahead in Matthew 28 to verse 18. Jesus appears to those disciples and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What that means is that Jesus right now is reigning and ruling between the already of the resurrection and the not yet of his return in glory. In your confusing, unpredictable reality, you don't have to wonder where Jesus is or what he's doing. He is reigning right now in the middle of all of it, putting every enemy under his feet. 
Right now, we live in the reality of distance and difficulty and disappointment and disease and yes, even death. Because Jesus has not yet destroyed all those enemies, but one day, one day he will. And today he has interrupted all that to bring faith and confidence and hope. This week, I pray that your heart will be filled with hope and joy because Jesus really has walked out of that tomb. One day we will rise with him in a world where death is destroyed. And today, right now, we have hope and we have victory over sin and death and fear and grief and despair and all of it because Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. The Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you. Thank you this year most of all for the hope of Christ in the middle of all the grief and despair and fear that we feel help us to see the risen Jesus. Because Christ is alive and when we see him, we see how he interrupts and works in the middle of all of our fear and grief and hopelessness to bring life and hope and joy. Thank you, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.